Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many things you've already poured upon us, the many, many blessings. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. The title of this one is, Remember Who We Were. We know that we have a past. Some of us have a pretty dark past. And the devil can use that against you. But it's also important that we remember where we came from, what we once were, but not to allow the devil to use that against us or even ourselves. Sometimes we'll use our own past against ourselves to try to beat ourselves down as being that we are not worthy of serving the Lord or that we're not worthy to proclaim that we are a Christian because of something that may have happened in our past. It may have been recent past or it may have been many years ago, but it can still come back up sometimes and bother us or haunt us. Paul, many times in his writings, would remind us of where we came from, what we once were. The purpose of remembering who you were is to bring to mind the amount of forgiveness the Lord has poured upon us and the amount of grace that He shows us and the righteousness that we have has been blanketed upon us by the finished work of Jesus Christ, not by ourselves or our works. And remembering where we came from reminds us that what we were and what we are now is we are now children of the light. We are children of God. We are born-again Christians. We are new creatures in Christ because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Remembering where we came from, but knowing where we are. That's the key, is to know where you are. Now, when you're out there spreading the gospel and sharing it with others and sharing the whole gospel message to the world, many people will think that they are already righteous or that they haven't done anything worthy of condemnation or worthy of going to hell for, so they think that they're okay. But the Word of God clearly tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's no one out there that could say that they haven't done something wrong and that they don't need forgiveness. No, everybody has sinned and everybody's come short. So we've got to remember that, that we have been given that awesome grace, that awesome cleansing by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Over in Titus, in chapter 3, of course, Titus is a letter that Paul wrote to young Titus, teaching him to be a preacher, a pastor, a church leader. As we see in Titus chapter 3, pick it up in verse 3 here. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Notice, he says, we, including himself. Always to recognize what we once were, but not hang on to what we once were and continue what we once were, because we become, as I said, new creatures. We are different. We are altered. Remembering what we were so we don't go back into the same mess that we once were, but staying out of that. 
For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and in envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, notice, not by we were just so wonderful and so righteous then we got saved. No, it don't work that way. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost working on us. So when you become born again, immediately the Holy Ghost comes into you and begins a work. And it is a work. It is a process. Verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Isn't that awesome? He takes some scoundrel, he cleans them up, adopts them into his family, and makes them a joint heir with Jesus Christ to look forward to eternal life on the new earth that he's going to create for us that we're all going to be able to enjoy that are born-again Christians as part of a family for eternity. That's what we have to look forward to. All by grace. It's so awesome and it's so much to really truly be thankful for. Over in Ephesians chapter 2, once again reminding us, in Ephesians chapter 2, pick it up verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, quickened means brought back to life. And when you're looking at life and death, you can look at it as life being in unity, connected to or reconciled to. Death being separated from, alienated from, not in association with. So, and you hath he quickened. It means brought back to life, spiritually alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were separated from God because of our trespasses and sins. But he has reconciled us, brought us back to him by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience the devil. Before we were servants of Satan. We were selfish. We were all about me, 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 I, 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 what can I get out of this world? What can I take from somebody else? Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." Once again, clearly telling us what we once were. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, brought us back to life. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
That's the awesome relationship that we have when we become a born-again Christian. That connection, that reconciliation, that union, that communion that we have with the Holy Ghost directly to the Heavenly Father right there with Jesus Christ. So we are in Christ and Christ in us in that form. So Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father, we are in Him in that. Therefore, we are connected in such a way by the pathway of the Holy Ghost. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. He did it for us even though we didn't deserve it. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if you could work your way to salvation, then you could brag about it. Say, look what I have achieved, because I have done so many wondrous and righteous works. Therefore, I have qualified to be a Christian and to go to heaven, to be a joint heir, to have eternal life. Don't work that way. Does he allow us to do works that gain us rewards? Yes, of course. Lots of references to that. Those are things that we're going to have in addition to all the many blessings He pours upon us by grace and then extra that He gives us by our works. Rewards that we can enjoy in this life. Rewards and blessings that we can take over into the millennial period, which is going to be the next big phase for us. That thousand years that we can rule and reign with Him and gain even more rewards during that time, and then rolling all that over into the eternal state with the new heaven and the new earth. So much ahead of us as Christians. It's awesome. And it is all truly by grace. Let's read 8 again. 9 reads, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You hear people bragging about how great they are or how much work they have done for the Lord and how much achievements they have done, how many people they have brought into the church or how many people they've baptized or how many people they've done this or that. And when they start talking about all of their accomplishments, then they're just burning up their rewards because they're boasting, they're bragging, they're proud. And that's not pleasant in the eyes of the Lord. That is not good. Always give God the credit. Always give Him 100% of the credit. Because we can't even take a single breath without it being a gift from God. 2 Corinthians, in chapter 5, picking it up here in verse 17. Now when we are born again, the Holy Ghost starts to do a work in us. We are reconciled to God. We are brought back to life, quickened, and we are babes in Christ. And we begin the growth process. As we grow and mature, we become closer and closer to what the Lord wants us to become. Fully mature Christians. To be able to do things for Him that He allows us to do doesn't require us to do it. doesn't have to have us to do it, but it allows us to be a part of His work, which is so awesome. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
Pick it up here in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, being in Christ is being born again, him and you and you and him, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming are become new. You become a new creature in Christ. Therefore, all that old stuff that was back there, it's washed away, it's gone, it's over with. You are given a brand new clean white garment. Keep it clean. But brand new clean white garment. You become a new creature in Christ. So you don't have to let any of that stuff of the past come back and haunt you today. Don't let anybody bring up things of your past and try to keep you from serving the Lord in whatever way you're called to serve. And all things are of God who hath reconciled to reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So I was talking about coming back together with Him. To it, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. See, we don't have to pay for our sins They're not imputed upon us. Jesus Christ paid for all those sins. When we come to Him and ask Him for forgiveness, He washes those away. He had already paid the price for them. He's paid the price for all sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, even sins that we haven't committed yet. He's already paid the price for them. Now, when we are ambassadors for Christ... As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He brings up the subject here that we are ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who's representing someone else, a representative of someone else. Someone who is sent out to represent a country, for instance, or a particular leader, sends out an ambassador, and we are in that form now. We become ambassadors when we trust in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are Christian, Christ-like, and we go out into the world, we are to present Jesus Christ to the world. Not ourselves to the world, but to present Jesus Christ to the world. Get ourselves out of the way. Let Him come forward and represent Him properly through our proper behavior, which is so critical. It reads, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Reconcile yourself to God. Stay reconciled to God. Represent God everywhere that you do, everything that you say, everything that you enter into, whatever it may be in your involvement in your life, it all needs to be directed into bringing honor and glory to the Lord, not yourselves, Remember where you came from, yes, so you don't go back into the same mess. But don't let it be held against you today. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, be under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. See, when we come to Him humbly, not come to Him all proud and puffed up and arrogant, thinking, look what I have done, Lord, and bragging about it and so forth, like you see some examples of the 
when he was teaching us about prayers in Matthew chapter 6, about how one came and was bragging about how great he was and that he's not as bad as that other guy over there and is telling the Lord how much he has achieved and so forth. Like, nope, I don't work. I'm not good for you. Don't be doing that. Don't be bragging. You come to the Lord humbly. We could live a thousand lifetimes over and serve the Lord perfectly in that thousand lifetimes and still not be enough to earn salvation. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. You're going to be held accountable for everything that you have done, even the good stuff that you've done. In that, you receive rewards. And as it says here, will be exalted, will be given honors at the appropriate time. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. That's a tough one sometimes. When we're carrying around our problems, when we're worried about something, we don't need to be worried because He cares for us. He loves us. He's shown that through the work that He has done for us, the grace that He's poured upon us. So therefore, we don't really have to worry about anything. Just lift it all up, give it to Him. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Now he gets into some of our behavior as ambassadors, as representatives of Jesus Christ, how we need to behave. Be sober. Now this sober applies beyond just the consumption of some mind-altering substance. This is clear-minded. Keep your mind right. You do that by studying the Word, listening to the Holy Ghost, keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. And stay away from the substances, of course. Be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant means hard work and keep at it, always striving. Keep on keeping on, moving forward. It's like when you're on a a river. If you've ever done any rafting or canoeing or tubing, you get on a river. You want to get in that flow of the water. You want to get over there where the water's moving so you can keep going. You go around all over the rocks, around the rocks, down into the falls, whatever. It's a wondrous ride. It's amazing and scary at times, yes. But you're moving. You're going forward. You don't want to go off to the side where you see the little bit of foam on top of the water and the water a little murky over there. You just float over there and then suddenly you stop and you stagnate, start to rot. You don't want that. You want to get over there in the flow. Stay where the water's moving. That's being vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. This roaring of the lion is he is bringing up accusations against you. He is bringing up your past, even maybe your present, if you're not doing exactly what you want. He'll bring up stuff against you to beat you down, to make you submit to His will. And His will is that you not do anything the Lord wants you to do. It's so easy to fall into that trap. And that's what the devil does. He's so subtle, as it says. Subtle means conniving and cunning and sharp in a way that he can manipulate somebody. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. What are we to do? Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That faith. 
in Jesus Christ. His power, his might over power and control and to diminish the work of the devil. Who resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Here he's reminding us that it's not just happening to us. We are all going through the same things, the same kind of conflict and afflictions and persecutions and obstacles that are put in front of us and the roaring lion trying to devour us. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, when we totally trust in the Lord, yield to him completely and fully, he's going to see us through whatever challenge we might be facing, even if it's this devil roaring at us. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 15 and 16, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That means if you set aside a specific place in your heart for the focus on God. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready to testify. Be ready to tell others. When they look at you and they see your life and they see you prospering, or they see you not proper, or they see you not prospering, and you're still smiling and you're still praising the Lord. Those are some of the best times that we have to testify of the grace that the Lord pours upon us when we're in the midst of a challenge or a hardship of some sort, and we're still praising the Lord. Others are going to say, why are you praising the Lord? I know you're going through some hard times right now because you know what you have to look forward to. That's where that hope comes in there. The hope that is in you. That hope is that confident anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of the promises and prophecies of God. That's the hope that we have. And note here it says, with meekness and fear. Why would you do that with meekness and fear? Well, meekness, when you understand that, is power under control. That's what meekness is. When you are meek, you have a power of influence on people, but you have it controlled in the right way that you're using it to benefit them because you're going to be accountable how, for how you affect others around you. That's where the fear comes in, the fear of accountability. When we interact with other people out there, in whatever way it may be, we are going to be held accountable for how we have influenced those people out there, whether we influence them positively or negatively. So in everything that we do, always bringing honor and glory to the Lord, always representing the Lord as an ambassador to the Lord, for the Lord, and testify and let the folks know that you're praising God, looking forward to everlasting life because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Give Him all the honor and Him all the glory. And... Do it in a way that you're helping others, not condemning and cutting down and criticizing somebody and cursing somebody else. No, it's not for us to do. The Lord's the only one that can condemn somebody to judgment, not us. That's His place to do, not ours.
But that's probably one of the biggest things that people have to overcome is the temptation to condemn somebody else. To look at somebody else's behavior and automatically hate not only their behavior, but that individual for what they're doing. That's where we cross the line. If you hate their activities and their, what they're doing, that's fine. We're supposed to do that. But not to hate them. We are still to have compassion for them, love for them, and pray for them. So when we're out there intermingling with the world, representing Jesus Christ, how we interact with others is always going to be looked at by the Lord. So we need to do it properly and do it right with meekness and fear. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, a good conscience because you're doing things right, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. There again, that's that devil trying to bring up stuff against you. Even your friends and your family or associates that have known your past try to bring that up and beat you down. Say, you're a Christian. I know good and well what we used to do back when we was in college. And then you're going to say you're a Christian. You're doing this and that now. I know what you have done. You can say, okay, that's it. That's what I was. But now I'm a new creature in Christ. That opens a door of opportunity to testify and to witness and to preach to that individual. So take their weapons and use them right back against them in the proper way when you're able to turn that around because they falsely accuse your good conversation. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. When you're walking the pathway you're supposed to be on, when you're bringing honor and glory to the Lord all the time and everything that you say, everything that you do, then you have that situation there where they're going to be ashamed, if not now, at Judgment Day. Over in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. How do you become without spot and blameless? You turn on over to 1 John in chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. This is coming from the apostles. That ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. See, when we study the Word and really apply it, we can be joyful in whatever the situation may be. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be declaring that you're of the light and then you go out there and you're mingling in the dark. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's the body of Christ coming together, having fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Every bit of it, all of it, washed away, gone. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. To totally cleanse us. And once it's clean, it doesn't come back. It's gone. It's washed away. Never to be brought up against you again by the Lord. Will the devil bring it up against you? Sure he will. Will you bring it up against yourself? Sure. Shouldn't, but you do. Don't do it. It's gone. Leave it gone. Don't bring it back up. And as you continue reading there, you can see if we stumble, if we fall, we take it back to the Lord. We ask for forgiveness. He'll cleanse us again. You don't get born again and again and again like some believe. You get born again once. Does that mean you're perfect from there forward? No. Does that mean you're washed once and you don't have to get washed again? No, don't mean that either. We're growing. We're maturing. As you grow and mature, sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you fall. Sometimes you get out there and play in the mud a little bit and you get your garment all messed up. Well, don't leave it messed up. Go back to the cleaner. Lord, cleanse me. But don't think that gives you permission to go back out and go play in the mud again because you're losing rewards. You're burning up rewards every time you mess up. And you're not pleasing the Lord. We want to please the Lord. We want to hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, come on in by the skin of your teeth. No, well done. First John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Have confidence in your salvation. Know that you're cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and by the grace of God you are saved. And keep it cleansed. Keep it without spot and blameless, so that you can hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sure, remember where you've been, but don't let it be held against you. And know where you are and where you're going. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank You oh so much for Your saving grace and the cleansing blood that can cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. All of it completely gone, never to be brought up against us by You ever again. And please silence all those other naysayers out there that try to bring our past up against us, including ourselves that bring it up against ourselves. Help us to remember that when You cleanse us, it is totally clean. And encourage us to get out there and be a part of Your work that you have allowed us to do. Thank you so much for that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen.